So here we are, after two years away, a festival week has arrived back on Isla. And there's a great air of excitement about it. Planes and ferries and hotels are fully booked. Tickets are sold out for the Cayleys and the tours. And people are camping in the various queues outside the distilleries. There's a real buzz about the place. People from all nations are here. Choirs and dancers are performing well-rehearsed routines. And I'm told that two and a half thousand people will be at Brocladi today. I hope that everyone who comes to Isla has a really good time. I hope the local businesses make back some of all they've lost during the pandemic. And I hope that the local islanders enjoy the fairs and the dances. It should be a great week. Now, of course, we all know what most people have come for is the whiskey. Ushkabeha, as it is in the Gaelic, the water of life. That fine spirit distilled through Isla water, flavoured by Isla peat, matured by the Isla weather. A spirit so good that people will travel halfway around the world to see where it comes from and pay hundreds of pounds to get hold of it. Now many of you will know that I'm teetotal. I don't drink. So I can't vouch for that great spirit myself. But I'm not naive. As a member of the Isla community, I benefit from having the distilleries here. I enjoyed the music and the games from the opening on Friday night. The choir I sing in is sponsored by Ardbeg. And most obviously of all, my wife is employed by the whiskey industry. We benefit financially from whiskey, and Emily loves a dram herself. So whiskey has a role in my life, even though I never drink it. But that said, I could not help but notice the comparison between the events of this week on Isla and the events of our reading from the Bible. In both, there is a great festival that draws people from all nations. And in both, there is the outpouring of a special spirit. But as a Christian... I truly believe that the two do not even come close in value. Pentecost, which the church celebrates this coming week, is a festival far more important than Feish Elah. A certain whiskey influencer that I know every week has a fun fact Friday where they give a reason why whiskey is great. Well, this is my serious Sunday sermon when I tell you why the Holy Spirit is much better. I'm going to give you three reasons, and they all begin with the letter P to help you remember them. The first is this. Pentecost and the Holy Spirit make a better promise to us. I have surfed the Isla Festival website. I've read the publicity posters I have discovered the promises that are made to the tourists who come to Isla. Visitors will be, and I quote, mesmerised by the combination of tastings, tours, beaches, walks, cayleys, sunsets and sunrises. 
Visitors are promised a party so big it has to be seen to be believed. Now I'm sure those claims are in part true. I would totally agree that the landscape of Isla is beautiful and you do really need to see it. But these promises are not even close to the promise that Pentecost makes to us. Faith Ela promises a good week and memories that might last a little longer. The distilleries promise a great tasting whiskey that will last, well, until you've drunk it all. But Pentecost promises something on a much bigger time scale. So much of what happens in this reading is to do with promise. In the Old Testament, prophets like Joel were told by God that a day was coming when he would pour out his spirit. A promise held on to for 500 years. And Jesus, in his ministry, had told his disciples time and time again that once he had left them, he would send the Holy Spirit upon them. That is why the disciples were gathered together praying when our reading began. And Jesus had said some striking things when he made those promises. To one woman, standing by the side of a well, he said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then to a crowd in the temple, Jesus said, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And John, the gospel writer, helpfully added to that. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So the day of Pentecost, the arrival of the Holy Spirit, was promised by God. And when it took place, the people then were reminded that God always keeps his promises, that he can be trusted in every circumstance. But there's something else about promise going on in this reading. The Jews celebrated Pentecost at the beginning of the harvest season. It was an agricultural festival. And in the first century, the farmers would bring the first sheaf of wheat from their crop and offer it back to God. It was a sign of gratitude for all that God had given them, but it was also something else. This giving of the first crop was a prayer of trust that the rest of the harvest would be safely gathered in following it. Now, when you know that background, you can see the greater promise that is made at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost drew to a close, 3,000 people from different nations had come to faith in God. And this was the first crop, the first fruits of God's harvest. 
And the disciples knew from the events of that day that God was promising to reap a full harvest made up of people from every nation, every culture, every background, right down through the centuries. And the fact that you and I are here today worshipping God 2,000 years later is part of the fulfilment of this Pentecost promise. We're part of that harvest that was still to come. The Bible tells us that nothing can stop God's promises coming to be. God is gathering to himself a harvest of people. And to each one of those people, he places the Holy Spirit in their heart. And that Holy Spirit is like living water. The real Ushkabeha. A guarantee of eternal life. If the Holy Spirit is in your life, you know that you are promised glory and nothing can take that promise away. There is a whiskey that is sold on Isla that is so strong and distinctive, the makers don't even promise that you'll like the taste of it. Rather, their marketing just tells us that our opinions are welcome. Let me tell you that Pentecost and the Holy Spirit make a promise that you will spend the rest of your days saying thank you for. And you will spend the rest of your days praising God in absolute wonder at the quality of life he wants to bestow on you forevermore. Pentecost and the Holy Spirit make a much better promise. The second reason why Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is more important than the events and offerings on Isla this week is that they bring more power. The alcohol in whiskey does not give you more power. It might lower your inhibitions for a while, but it does not make you stronger. In fact, alcohol is not even a stimulant. It is classed as a depressant drug. It makes you slower. That's why you shouldn't drink and drive. But what happens at Pentecost is about invigoration, stimulation, power. It's about opening your heart and your soul and allowing a hurricane to blow through it. In the opening verses, we see the sheer power of this event. The Spirit comes like a violent wind from heaven and fills the whole house. And immediately we know we're not talking about an event that was meek and mild. We're not talking about an event that was safe and easy. Because wind is an untamable force. When you stand in a gale, it's at the same time both terrifying and exhilarating. By God placing the Holy Spirit in the heart of his people, he wants to bring power to their life. But that power is harnessed for good things. It is important to note amongst the violence of our world today that this is a constructive power. What was the first thing that the Holy Spirit enabled the disciples to do? It was to enable them to speak in many different languages. 
Now, there are people of all different nationalities on Isla at this time. I have met Germans and Swedes and Dutch and Spaniards and Portuguese and Brazilians. And I'm guessing that some of the distilleries here will have leaflets in a few different languages to try and make these people feel welcome. But I don't know of any distillery that will have paid for a translator for every language spoken by the visitors that are on Isla at this time, because it would be far too expensive People who come to this festival are expected to converse in English. And the reason for that is because it's really hard to learn a language. Really hard. So translators charge high salaries. The Holy Spirit empowered the disciples to speak in many different languages. Because that was what was required in that moment. You see, God wants his good news to go to people of all nations and all backgrounds. And the Holy Spirit brings the power to make that possible. As you read on in the Bible, you will discover that the Spirit empowers followers of God to do many other things as well. The Spirit empowers healing, knowledge, prophecy, faith in difficult times. The Spirit grants wisdom and understanding. The Spirit gives us the power to totally transform our character, to become more like Jesus. And ultimately, all of the Spirit's empowerment in our lives is geared towards one thing, making Jesus known. Full of the Spirit. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached about Jesus. He told of Jesus' death on the cross, the means by which our sins are forgiven. He told of Jesus' resurrection, the means by which we live ourselves beyond death. And he issued the invitation, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this was no weak, wishy-washy sermon that left people bored and falling asleep. This was a sermon with a very powerful message. People were warned and pleaded with to save themselves from this corrupt generation by turning to Jesus. Peter was given the power to speak about Jesus in front of what could have been a very hostile crowd. After all, he doesn't hold back from telling the Jews that they were responsible for having Jesus crucified. But God had allowed this to happen in order to save them. And this is Peter. The same Peter who 50 days earlier was so weak, he even denied knowing Jesus three times to save his own skin. But here in the power of the Spirit... He declares him boldly to all. And you know, this is my testimony as well. I should not be a preacher. I should not be anywhere near this pulpit because I live a life afflicted by anxiety. And I'm an introvert. I like to spend my time walking on my own in the countryside. I'm normally far too nervous to speak in public. The only reason I can do this job it's because the Holy Spirit empowers me to do it. I promise you, this is nothing of my own ability. This is God at work in my life. 
I was never going to be a minister. But when I got baptised, the Holy Spirit filled my life and empowered me for service. And in three months, I went from never attending the Christian Union to leading it. If you invite the Holy Spirit into your life, the Spirit will take you on an adventure that you never imagined. The Spirit will empower you to do things that you thought were not possible. And the Spirit will do it all to bring glory to Jesus and to lead others to put their trust in him. It goes without saying that whiskey cannot possibly do that. Whiskey makes you mellow and relaxed. Whiskey lulls you to sleep in front of a fire. The Holy Spirit blasts you with life. It invigorates your soul. It empowers your bones. The power is incomparable and it is all for good, for God and for others. And the third reason why Pentecost and the Holy Spirit is better than the Isle of Festival and the whiskey on offer is to do with purity. I find it ironic that so much of the whiskey industry is focused on making the purest spirit they can. That is what distilling is. It's a purification process. Yet often the results of alcohol are quite the opposite. I chose as a teenager not to drink because I saw what alcohol did to my friends. They were throwing up in the back of my car. They were getting into fights and arguments. They became people who I did not recognise when they had a drink in them. And every Friday and Saturday night I see the same thing of people coming out of Lucci's. Now I say again, my wife loves a dram. She can enjoy a drink and so can many other people. So this is not a blanket stereotype. But I know so many people who regret what they have done under the influence of alcohol. And that's why in one part of the New Testament it says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to lead us into purity. Did you notice that when the Holy Spirit entered the room where the disciples were on that first day of Pentecost, it fell like flames of fire on their heads. And fire in the Bible is the symbol of purity. It's often combined with the image of a furnace where impurities are blasted off precious metals. And it's so important that purity is placed alongside power. Because we know that power without purity just leads to abuse. We only need to look at Putin and his generals to see that. And there's something else in the background of Pentecost that would be helpful for us to know at this point. The Jews celebrate Pentecost 50 days after Passover. That's where the name comes from. Pente means 50. What happened in the Old Testament 50 days after the first Passover? Well, the Israelites, led by Moses, arrived at Mount Sinai. And there God met with them and gave them his law. 
Moses came down Mount Sinai 50 days after Passover with the Ten Commandments written on two tablets of stone. And the law was given to Israel to guide them on how to live for God now that they've been set free from Egypt. The law taught them how to achieve God's purposes. Well, now look what happens in this reading. 50 days after the cross. 50 days after God had again set his people free, this time from their sins. The Spirit descends. And this time God's guidance for our life is not written on tablets of stone. It's written on our hearts. The Spirit comes into our life, into our hearts, to guide us into purity. To guide us to become more and more like Jesus every day. The Spirit does this by guiding our conscience. When you invite the Spirit into your life, your life will change. It's guaranteed. Your eyes will be open to things that need to stop. And you'll be given the strength to stop them. I know of people who got baptised, received the Spirit and gave up smoking in a moment. You'll also find yourself guided on what conversations to be a part of and what conversations to move away from. You'll be guided on what is a temptation and what is a good thing. The Spirit's desire is to make you pure, to transform you from the inside out. The Spirit's work is to make you fit for glory, which of course, as we said a few moments ago, is what is promised to us when the Spirit enters our life. The Spirit always wants to make us better people. The same cannot be said about alcoholic drinks. So there we go. Three major reasons why we should be placing serious importance on the events of Pentecost, even while we enjoy the festival here this week. The Holy Spirit makes a better promise to us. The Holy Spirit brings a greater power to us. The Holy Spirit leads us into purity. We should be queuing up for the Holy Spirit before we queue up for a bottle of whiskey. And that takes me to where we need to finish. You know, there's something so exclusive about the whiskey industry. Some bottles being sold on this island this week are valued at four and a half thousand dollars pounds. Four and a half thousand pounds for a bottle when 40% of the population cannot afford their electricity bill. And there are people on Isla using a food bank. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having nice things, but let's get some perspective. There's also an exclusivity about the availability. People queue up all night because there's only a limited number of bottles. And some of those at the back of the queue might have waited all night and still not get one. Exclusivity is built into the whiskey industry. That's what attracts people, particularly at the higher ends. Now, you may have listened to this sermon and read this passage and thought, well, I want some of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want the promise that when I die, I will be with God forevermore. I want the power to change my life and to serve others. I want to tackle the sin and the addictions that I have and to find a purity in God. Well, here's the good news. The Holy Spirit 
is free. The Holy Spirit is freely available to all who seek it. Right at the end of our reading, the crowd asked Peter on how they were to respond to God's good news. And Peter said this, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, i.e. you and I sitting here today. For all whom the Lord our God will call. The Spirit is available to us. Repent, say sorry for your sin. Put your trust in Jesus. Choose to follow him. Get baptised, a public commitment, a line in the sands. And then the Holy Spirit will flood into your life. It's promised It's free. It's available to all people everywhere. God wants to pour out his spirit with great generosity.